you want to get in on the action, we want to hear from you. Email us at faderoutemail at gmail.com with your questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. We're on Instagram too. Slide in our DMs at Fade Route Podcast. Get at us. Welcome to the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Fade Route with DNZ. I am Z and in eight glorious days. That's right, eight days. It's New Year again. Hope Springs Eternal opening day for Major League Baseball is upon us. And for some of you guys, that means that your team is in first place for the only time in the season. And that's okay. Because there's an opportunity for you to be in first place in another way. And I'm talking about fantasy baseball. I'm talking about fantasy sports. A lot of you guys are having your drafts this week or have had them already and need to make some roster alterations. Because final cuts are happening, as you know. Some prospects that you thought were ready to go and ready to be on the big time didn't make it to the show this year, and Joe Adele was one of them. The Angels' top prospect was optioned to the minors, so he will not be joining the big club just yet. The number one prospect in all of baseball, Wander Franco of the Tampa Bay Rays. 20 years old, a long shot to make it on the roster anyway. Not everybody is the Andrew Jones or Fernando Tatis Juniors of the world. But also... This reeks of being held back for service time manipulation. He is not going to be on the opening day roster either. Not that he was necessarily needed since they have Willie Adamas, at least for now. And if not for player options with minor league situations, you're thinking about injuries. And we're going to talk about the American League East later on in our order up segment. But they are dealing with a couple injuries. The Toronto, or should I say the Dunedin Blue Jays, are dealing with a couple of injuries. One to their newest slugger, George Springer, out with an oblique injury. And you know how oblique injuries can be. They can linger for a long time. So hopefully Springer does not rush himself back and make things worse. And their bullpen certainly took a hit as closer Kirby Yates out for the season, undergoing Tommy John surgery, so they're going to need to come up with a contingency plan. The New York Yankees are also dealing with an injury. Justin Wilson, their free agent lefty acquisition, left the game uh, uh, yesterday, I believe, with an elbow and arm injury, so that's not looking too good right now for the New York Yankees, but we'll see where and if that impacts our ranks in our order up segment. And here he is. I've known this guy since our days on Carousel Shoes, the last QB in St. John's history, flight crew through and through. What's up, D? How's it going, man? I heard you had a fantasy draft. How'd that go? I did. I did. 
how could you not get romantic about baseball? I mean, it's just the best sport ever. Um, had a draft yesterday. I actually had a phone a friend in the middle of it because Aroldis Chapman was just dropping round by round. And I had to reach out to you and be like, yo, is this guy suspended? Like, why Why isn't anybody picking up? And you told me. You're like, yeah, he suspended 30 games. I was like, woo, that was close. Almost picked him up. Uh, I had the 11th pick. It was tough. Um, I wanted up taking Bellinger. And then on, on the on the wraparound, I took Lindor. Um, then I winded up taking Abreu. And that was the tough part for me. I wasn't sure if I wanted to go with Abreu judge or i really wanted to go with alonzo mm. the thing about it was i i wasn't sure if if i was making a mistake by going met heavy by having lindor and alonzo and stupid me i took a brave and granted a brave and alonzo probably not much different they're probably gonna have somewhere around the same average somewhere around the same home runs but man i was really i was feeling alonzo this year and i taught i talked myself out of it uh i picked up devers I do think Rafa Devers is going to have a really good season on a bad team, and we'll get into that later. I think Castellanos is going to have a breakout season for the Reds. I mean, we I picked the Reds to do really well in their division. Um, I scooped Stanton and Correa late. I think a lot of people think Stanton's going to get hurt because he gets hurt every year. It's a certainty. It's just, it's just a part of baseball. It's like, you know, you, you got to look out for the breaking ball and you, you got to wait for John Carlos Stan to get hurt. It's, it's, they go together. Well, um, both of those guys are actually a gamble because Carlos Correa is a pretty young guy with a pretty bad back. He does, but I feel like this is his year, right? This is a, this is a, um, a contract year for him and there's nobody helping him there anymore. You know, Springer's gone. He's got to pick up for Springer. Uh, but, I mean, Bregman's, Bregman's obviously one of their best players, and so is Altuve. But I couldn't let I couldn't let Correa go, even though I already had a shortstop. Like I had to take him, and I I just shit the bed when it came to pitchers. I mean, I just I wound up taking Maeda, which you know last year he had a good year. I mean, Cy Young candidate, like everything. I took Granke, uh, Charlie Morton, Patrick Corbin, Iglesias, uh, Smiley. It's a, it's a dismal group. It's a dismal group. Uh, I missed on Kershaw. I had a chance to get him. I missed on Paddock. I had a chance to get him. And, uh, I, you know, I forgot about McCullers. I forgot about him. And and they just signed him to an extension, and I felt so stupid. I forgot. This guy, when I was looking at McCullers' numbers, like, like when I watch him play, I think, eh, he's all right. But the guy sports a 3.75 ERA. Like, he, he doesn't give up runs. Like he's actually a very prominent pitcher for the Astros. Yeah, and uh, under four is good. You know, like, I didn't realize how good he was. The, I, the, I still... the days of Greg Maddox sporting a two and a half to or less that doesn't happen anymore. Jeez, yeah. So I totally botched it. I missed on Corey Kluber. Um, I wanted him, and uh, you know, here's the thing. I mean, here's my philosophy about fantasy baseball. I mean, I play fantasy football. I don't play basketball, and I just got into baseball two years ago. And there's so many players. And you have to have so many players in your team. But, you know, in football, you kind of look for balance. You know, if, if I have a really – if I have a really good quarterback, I, I can get by with decent or okay receivers. If I have a good running back, you know, I, I can skimp out on the quarterback and I can skip out on the receiver. But when it comes to baseball, you really got to be good at one thing. So 
you're either going to be really good at pitching, really good at hitting, really good at scoring runs, really good at home runs. That you got to pick what you what you're really going to be good at, and that's that I believe is the best way to be successful in fantasy baseball. So the problem with my team right now is we're just too balanced. We've, we're 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 terrible pitching, but we have I think in my opinion very good hitting with with Devers, Abreu, Stanton, and Castellanos. But right, if you put that team on the field instead of in on paper, you would definitely be competitive. Oh yeah, I'm turning heads. Uh, <laughs> I'm filling seats. And we're going for the pennant, but it doesn't, you know, base, baseball's, fancy baseball's a little wild, but it should be fun. I, the draft, the draft is also so long. I mean, I started at seven o'clock. It didn't finish till like 10. Jesus. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, and then towards the end, it kind of gets silly because, you know, you're trying to fill, I think it was like a 25 man team, but once you get past 17, I mean, there's not much out there. I mean, right. some of the, some, my, my uh, my my boss, he's in the league too, and he he put it on auto after that. He's like, all right, I'm out of here. I don't really care. But at this point, and I get what he's saying because you know we're really just we're just guessing at that point. Nobody knows. Not all totally. the good players, all the good players are gone. I mean, you're just speculating. But uh, you know, you got to keep like you mentioned before. You really got to keep on top of the injuries. Like I didn't know about Araldis Chapman. I almost messed up with. Uh, the the other um, pitcher on the Mets, uh, Carrasco. Oh yeah, yeah. I I didn't realize he popped his hand. He popped his hamstring. He didn't tear it. He popped it. Yeah, like he's done. Oh, man. He's done for a while. Meanwhile, he's recovering from cancer. I mean, geez, this guy just can't catch a break. Yeah, no, it's 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 kind of crazy, but it, it makes you wonder. You, know, you brought up Cookie Carrasco. Yeah, he's out. But then you got a guy like Noah Syndergaard. Like he has offers you no value till maybe July. What yeah. do you do in a situation like that? Do you are you a draft and stash guy? Same thing with prospects. Are you like a draft and stash guy, or are you more of like, you know, I gotta, I, I just, I can't afford to do that. Yeah. See, I went, I went in wanting to get Kalinic, uh, but somebody got him. I was planning on drafting him in the 20th round or the 21st round. Somebody took him at 16. I mean, that's crazy. Uh, I am I am a grab and stash guy because they in my league they do allow for injured reserve. Okay. So for instance, with my last pick, I took Severino. And I think he offers more upside than Syndergaard because I really don't know the Syndergaard situation. And that might be because I haven't really read about him. Where Severino, he's going to start throwing breaking balls this week. So we're going to find out a lot about if he's going to be a July guy or if he's going to be like a September guy. Like we're going to find out soon. No, And that's, you know, that's the beauty of baseball. We're definitely going to find out. They're going to prove it on the field. It's time for the fade-in where we give a nod to the trending sports stories of the week. I'll tell you this much. He's not a March guy. And, you know, the way these brackets are going, neither are we. We're not proving to be March guys either. If you guys are following our ESPN brackets, we're getting hammered right now. Borderline embarrassing. It's bad, you know. But you know what? I got to say, we did the auto one as well. That one's in first place, but only by a, a point, like 10 points in game. So it's not even like, okay, so like you, the computer fucked up too. It's not just us. But this has been 
very much an upset heavy tournament. The Pac-12 showed up. Who thought the Pac-12 was going to show up? Seriously. Uh, yeah. I mean, who is the biggest upset over the weekend, in your opinion? And out of those guys, who has the best chance going forward? I mean, I know people might think it's silly because a lot of people don't think they were seeded correctly. But I really think Loyola Chicago or is Loyola was, to me, beating Illinois, a number one seed, the biggest upset of the weekend. I had Illinois winning in two of my brackets, and I thought the Big Ten was going to really run all over this tournament because they had so many teams. I mean, they had eight teams in, and there's only one team left. They all got beat. Um, So, I mean, that to me me was the biggest uh, upset, but – Kudos to the NCAA Basketball Commission because they're sporting a better product this year than football did because they're allowing for these upsets. They're allowing for the smaller teams to look good on a national stage. Definitely. And, you know, it's a neutral court. We've seen it in the NBA bubble as well. You know, you just have that, you know, it's mano a mano at that point and who – you know, whoever has the better game is going to shine through. Talent doesn't always shine through. If that was the case, Iowa would still be in the tournament and Ohio State would still be in the right. tournament. And Kansas would, well, fuck Kansas. They're just at this blown point, out. At this point, blown out. At how many times can you get burned by Kansas? Oh, I gave up on Kansas 10 years ago. <laughs> 10 years ago, I stopped because they were killing me every year. Every year I had Bill Self and his squad going to the Final Four, winning the championship. But it was Roy Williams before and, that, too. And then I was – no, no, I, I stopped. I stopped after Chalmers. Oh after after Ch- I That's when I was done. I was like, okay, I got – I'm good. I'm good because wow. – um, now you can't trust Kansas, but I I do think it's a good product you're putting out there. And, like, and, and this is the problem I think basketball is going to face is, like, when you come to a situation – when you're putting people in a bubble, I take away fans, I take away travel, I'm really finding out how good this team is. Forget about the distractions. I don't want a team with distractions. I want to know on, on a given day, neutral site, me versus you, who is better. Because think about it. In, in professional sports, there's only one sport that does that, and that's football. Yeah. Football, their Super Bowl is in a neutral site with fans from all over. Teams essentially are kind of in a bubble for the week leading up to the Super Bowl where usually when there's not a pandemic, they're in that city, they're in that state, and they have, they're practicing at either a college or a high school or whatever. And you're getting the best product that way. No, That's just my opinion. No, totally. You're absolutely right. And for me, I mean, I have an oral fixation. Right now, at this point, Oral Chicken Roberts, the 15 seed, knocking off Ohio State. Granted, it was only by three. It was a narrow one. And then they knocked off the University of Florida. Granted, they're not what they used to be. Billy Donovan's not there. You know, Yoakam Noah's not. You know, that team, those guys are gone. But still, Oral Roberts survived in advance. And what I find interesting is that I'm looking at these schools. And I see a lot of football programs. I see like USC, Arkansas, Alabama, like UCLA. UCLA. Well, UCLA, UCLA kind of stinks at football too. 
But, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I'm very impressed by UCLA. I watched that game against Michigan State. I was rooting for Michigan State. And you know what? UCLA surprised me. And they definitely, you know what? They deserve to be where they are right now. And if they make a little run, like I'm not totally against that. You know, the rise of the 11 seed. You have UCLA. You have Syracuse. And still in the tournament, you have Oregon State as a 12 seed still in this bad boy. You have Oral Roberts as a 15. I don't know if it's necessarily a bad job by the NCAA. It's probably not. But um, that definitely Illinois Chicago versus Illinois. That was manufactured for television. If yeah. the, if both teams made it there, that's the thing. You know, like we could talk about how you know it was designed to be kind of a television show, but both teams still have to get out there and play the game. So that's, that's the beauty of sports, you know, like you can kind of engineer it any way you want. It's not like pro wrestling. You don't have the predetermined outcome. Right. Like, who, who, who's the best player in the tournament so far for you? Oh man, you're probably not going to like this. I'm going with Buddy Bayheim. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. No, no, but he's, he's my favorite player in the tournament so far too. I mean, for those of you that don't know, he plays for Syracuse. Uh, he's the son of the legendary head coach, Jim Beheim, which is crazy because his son is 21 years old and Beheim is 76 years old. So that means he had this kid when he was 55. That's nuts. Um, didn't work. But, but uh, he, he, he plays a solid defense in a 2-3. Uh, he's a knockdown shooter. He shoots off the screens. Uh, He's averaging 25 points. He's averaging like 20, 25 points, 28 points per game. Last four games between the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament. And his 25 points propelled the orange into the sweet 16. How could you not like the kid? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's a thing. It's like, it's very reminiscent of almost a Jerry McNamara situation where Jerry McNamara was ah. there for 20 years. Like, I mean, he, at this ah. point he's a doctor. But you know what? Fucked. Yeah, that's the last. That's the last time I really cared about Syracuse basketball when Jerry McNamara and Carmelo Anthony were there, and the Manhattan Jaspers were leading at halftime, and then they friggin' lost. But that's neither here nor there. But- Fuck Jerry McNamara. <laughs> that guy's a waste of life. Oh man. Well, he's the assistant coach. Is he? I yeah, he is. He he's the assistant coach. He probably is waiting in the wing, and. Buddy Beheim does give him a lot of credit for helping him with his game, with his game, and you know keep telling him that he's the best shooter in the world, like you know whispering that in his ear. And he and Buddy Beheim was honest. He's like, sometimes I really get down on myself. I, I lack confidence at moments, and you you like to see that humility in a player. You know, it's I I think a lot of times players go to the podium or speak to reporters, and they act like they have all the confidence in the world, but it was nice to hear some humility out of a kid saying, "I, you know, because he had a bad first half um, and he, he, he missed a lot of shots and they just tell him, keep shooting, keep shooting, keep shooting. And, you know, sometimes you need that kind of inspiration and you need that push to get you by tough times. And, you know, when you're in, when you're in grammar school and you're in high school, you don't always get it. You don't always get it in college Sometimes you feel like, okay, let me just pass the ball or let me, let me play better defense. And when I play better defense, you know, I'll get more into the rhythm of the game. But to be told to keep shooting and you're the best shooter in the world and having that coax your ego goes a long way. It does, but also it cuts the other way too because 
you know, granted, you know, you have to have that mental edge, but when you're the son of a coach, you know, there's nobody picking your game apart more than your dad at that point, because he knows so much about the game that he spots things that you don't necessarily even know you're doing before you do them. It's very similar to when Doug McDermott was at Creighton. I'm sure his dad was also picking his game apart. They've probably been picked apart so many times that it's very easy to lose confidence, but you know, you need that other guy. And I think that's where Jerry McNamara kind of fills that role is just like, okay, yeah, you're not as bad as coach Bayheim makes you out to be. So let's just. Well, I, I, yeah. One of the, yeah. One of the things I liked that I read about was that he walked onto the team. So he, I mean, it, Maybe it was for show, but he walked onto the team, and uh, he, he his father says that you know he's never had a harder worker, you know, and I I I, I believe I believe Coach Beheim when he says that that he that his son puts in that time and puts in the effort because that's when when you're not the best, like when you're not Carmelo Anthony or when you're not Lamelo Ball or when you're not one of these you know high profile athletes you do have to work harder than everybody else just to get onto the floor. It doesn't, it doesn't just come easy to you and he makes it look easy when he plays. No, he definitely does. But uh, just to wrap this up before we head on to the next topic, we do have a couple of one seeds left. We have Gonzaga, we have Baylor, we have Michigan and you know, who's going down next? Who do you see? Who's the, who is the most vulnerable God, I hope it's not Michigan. Uh, we're all screwed. It, it's Michigan. But, <laughs> all, yeah, I hope it's not Michigan. Um, I'm going to say Baylor. Um, Ooh, yeah, it's a good matchup against Villanova. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, and even though Villanova doesn't have their best player, they're a blue blood. Like, they're in the tournament every year. They have, I think, not only the best dress coach, but one <laughs> of the best coaches in college basketball. Uh so that's the way I'd go. Gonzaga just keeps showing that they're really good. Like I thought they were going to trip up and they're, they're not, they're not showing any back down and they look like they're very revving to go. And like I said, I, I got too much skin in the game of Michigan to, to see them going. No, down. Totally. I think Baylor definitely is vulnerable. Michigan is missing their best player in livers, but uh, they, they are stepping up. Gonzaga, I don't know, because, I mean, they'll, they'll most likely get through Creighton, but then they have the winner of USC and Oregon. And to me, this is a little bit of a controversial one because Oregon is relatively rested. They only had to play two games since they had a walkover in the first round. VCU had the multiple COVID uh, test, positive tests, and... They were held out of the tournament. So Oregon basically got a bye into the next round where they knocked off Iowa. So like for one thing, say for, you know, just for shits and giggles, not that we think this is going to happen, but if Oregon runs the table and wins the whole thing, is this a legitimate title win since they didn't even play their first round opponent? And what is going to happen What's the over-under on COVID tests for this weekend, and what are the protocols going to be this late in the tournament? Yeah, I think they're going to. I think they're going to have a problem. 
Um, because they didn't play that game. And, you know, we talked about it last week where, you know, a team would replace a first-round team if a positive COVID test came up and they didn't field enough players to play. But if you've read the fine print, it was it had to happen by Tuesday. So they, they were cleared all the way up until the, the day before right. the game, essentially. And then players started coming up positive. But the, the VCU coach was planning on playing because he thought he could get five players on the court. But it was determined by the NCAA and it was determined by the county that they were playing in that they didn't want to take that yeah. chance. And, and I have to agree with them. I, I don't think it was wise. Uh, they, I, VCU was 600 to one to win the championship. Now, Caesars was nice enough to give people their money back who bet on the actual VCU game against Oregon. But I don't know if you're getting your money back if you bet on them to win the whole tournament and on future bets. That might be a problem. But I do foresee a positive COVID test this weekend. It's just in the numbers, man. When it comes down to the numbers of this virus and the numbers of this situation, it's hard to not think that you're not going to someone someone's going to get become positive and it's going to run through your organization. The worst part was is VCU actually had a problem with it early in the year and it came back again. Yeah. Well, full disclosure, I love the city of Richmond, love RVA, love VCU for that reason. Yeah, I mean, the it feels like they got done dirty a little bit just for the simple fact that they had to, you know, they had that little caveat time frame kind of built into that. Yeah. And you had the four contingency teams ready to go. I mean, that was the whole point of building in the safeguard of having those four additional teams. It to me would feel illegitimate if Oregon, you know, if Oregon wins the whole thing again, it's, 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 Slam. I mean, they're a seven seed, not, you know. Well, how, well, but how about how do you feel if you're even Iowa, right? Oregon beat yeah. Iowa? Yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, how do you, I'm about how that. do you feel about that? about that? Exactly. This team didn't play a game and they fucking pounded us. I think they beat them by like 15 yeah, they points. Them by 15. They crushed yeah. them. Yeah. I, if I'm Iowa, I'm pissed, man. Like, you they didn't have, they didn't have to play an extra game. They were ready. They were ready for us. Not that we, you know, it's not an excuse, but how is how is this fair? Like how how is this work? What if you know what if VCU would have took them into double overtime, or what if what if VCU would have right. beat them? I'm not saying I'm not saying VCU would have beat them, but you you're messing with no. this thing, and that's why I thought when we spoke last week, I was like, all right, I think it was I think it was fair that if in the first round you had a positive test, you got replaced by any team by a team. And then once the tournament started, you don't want someone to come in. Okay, I can get on board with that. But this was the first round. I mean, this I, I I'm not sure if it sits right. well with. But, me. but then you know, just to play devil's advocate all the way through, like say we get to the national championship, right? And the day before somebody pops positive for COVID, are you awarding the the team the other team the national title, or are you postponing that game? Like that, yeah. you know. How about the final oh God, four? Yeah. You're gonna get to the final four, and then let's say, Mich- let's say Michigan winds up testing positive. 
and that's the whole problem. Now you now you're gonna have people who got money uh-huh. on this. They're gonna lose their shit because if you had Michigan going all the way to the chip, and you put all this money down, and then they're bounced because of a COVID test. Oh no, no. Or what if you had it the other way around? What if you had someone playing against Michigan in that game, and now the other team is out? I mean that that changes things dramatically. That's what this is, and this is the problem when you allow betting on this scale, because now anything goes. This is a virus. We don't know how it's spread. You know, anything can happen. These kids are staying in yeah. hotels. Anything You're recycling air. You're you may be asymptomatic. That's the other thing about this thing. You may test positive, but you may feel okay. You come into contact with somebody else, and all of a sudden, it spreads like wildfire. I'm saying I'm saying there's going to be at least one this weekend, and then I don't know what's going to happen after that. It's hard to say that there's not going to be at least one this weekend because there are so many teams right. still left. I think as you get down to less and less teams, it, your chances will get less. But I don't know. I mean, then you also have the issue of the personnel in the hotels. You have the personnel in the arenas. Like, I mean, you you, you people making yeah. your food. People you run into in the bathroom. You can control endless so much. Like that's the that's the the fucked up part about the situation. And you know, ultimately, VCU. I mean, they're not going to go all you know University of Central Florida on us. They're not going to friggin' put up a banner, thankfully. But um, you know, they definitely have a legitimate gripe. If they were able to feel the team. They should have probably been allowed to play. But if that's the county rule, that supersedes the NCAA. So that that's nothing, yes. uh, you know, that's that's nothing that they can really do anything about. But does it suck? You bet your ass it sucks. Speaking of sucking, this, situ- this situation <laughs> that is going down in Houston with Deshaun Watson, 16 lawsuits for sexual harassment and there are 22 alleged victims but only 16 have filed lawsuit right now deshaun watson is vehemently denying all of these allegations saying he has treated women with the utmost respect but where there's smoke there's fire again back to the mickey calloway thing that we've discussed in the past one person maybe two person uh Three sixteen. <laughs> sixteen. He makes Mickey Callaway look like a choir boy. If, yeah, if it's ter- it's pre- terrible to laugh about it. It's it's terrible to laugh about it, but I mean it, it, it again it goes to like what you talked about. It's like all right, one, all right, okay, two, okay, we'll look into this. Three, I right, we have a problem here. We're higher than that, right? We're at twelve, thirteen. Yeah. Yikes, they can't all be yeah. lying. This can't be a um, a rouse. This can't be a coup. No. Like I, I don't know. I don't know where this is going. So, but you, but you agree uh, that it is a big deal. I, I, you can't say it's not at this point. It's too many people. What are they all lying? What do they all have to gain from this? And then he goes and hires Rusty Harden. <laughs> Jeez, for crying out loud. Dude, Roger Clemens. <laughs> Could you look player. any worse? Could you look any worse right now? 
But this is the problem when you just don't shut up and play. Like, just go play the game. You had to come out about the contract. You had to, you had to get all up in arms. And look at this. This whole thing is collapsing on you now. Even if he does get back on the field, it ain't going to be the same. Callaway runs out of the dugout in this season. You think it's going to be the same for him? Absolutely not. And Deshaun Watson, like, oh, it makes you wonder – what was the impetus for him wanting to get out of Houston? Oh, it was just yeah. like, like, oh, yeah. I'm unhappy with my contract. I'm unhappy with the way the team was going. And then this stuff happens. Like, I'm unhappy with the responses I'm getting from my masseuses around the city. Oh my goodness, <laughs> man. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, that's a, that's a, that's a question we, we have to ask ourselves now. Is that why he had to, he had to get out of town? Is that why he doesn't want to go play for them no more? Is it, it's a fair question to ask? It is, and you know what, the the Texans they are kind of gearing up to move on without him. They're bringing in Terod Taylor. They're not bringing in some schlub. You know, to, pl- Taylor can play. Like you and I both really like what ca- what Taylor's capable of. And if Deshaun Watson has to go for any reason, or if he's just you know, if he's just suspended indefinitely, you figure that Taylor can step right in and just kind of, and you know, steady the ship a little bit. But where's Roger Goodell on this? How are you not being? Well, these are. I mean, be right, Be right. So, right. I mean, the whole thing is, is right now they're just civil charges; they're not criminal charges. But you've got to imagine this is outside the realm. This is. I'm sorry. This is within the realm of the NFL's conduct policy. How could he not get four games at this point? Just just because of all these people that came forward. Yeah, we want to see the results of this, and we want to see how this plays out. But you got to imagine that some of this behavior is no, true. No. But again, like with the Tigers' Woods situation, we don't want to really no, speculate. Absolutely not. But, we don't want to say he's I mean, guilty before he's innocent. I mean, yeah. we – listen, we – with the Tiger Woods thing, we know the car crashed, right? right? I mean, with this situation, we know something happened with these people. No. It's, it's just too many at this right. point. And, I, I mean, I think we talked about it earlier in the week. It's just, it's hard to see how the, how, the, how the Texans might not be trying to plot on how they can get out of his contract at this point. And looking through the fine print and seeing if there's ways where we can just cut him out of this because of what's going on you got to imagine that's floating through their legal no totally right i mean you, you i'm sure you have a couple of recourses that you could do i mean voiding his contract would be like the napalm situation so uh you know if that happens he's ray rice like uh, he's nuclear i don't know how what other team would touch him at that point but i mean if you look at Major yeah. League Baseball, what they do, what they've yeah. been doing with the domestic violence policy, like when Aroldis Chapman got suspended in 2016, I believe, they placed him on administrative leave. Domingo Herman got placed on administrative leave pending an investigation. So there's a way that you can go around this to where he's not – technically he's a part of your team, but he's not around the team to where it becomes a, a toxic environment and a distraction. Bill O'Brien did well, did well enough on his own to create that. So <laughs> – well, if you're well now, if you're if you're a GM for on another team that is in need of a quarterback, well, I'm advising my offer. You, you so so you still want him, you still want him. 
I want him for less than what they're all. Well, yeah. You still want him. You just want him yeah. for less. You're not. So you're not. You're not staying away from this guy. You're just like, okay, yeah. That whole thing about you wanted three ones. That's exactly. gone. Well, <laughs> I'll give you a one and a ham sandwich. <laughs> I'll give you a two and a ham sandwich. But I mean, we were talking about this too. Ben Roethlisberger, like Ben Roethlisberger, has been charged twice. Yeah, and, you bad. know he. Granted, everybody's entitled to a second chance. Yes, agreed. But it's sullied his reputation for a very long time. And yeah, Terry Bradshaw would no. talk to him. And I mean, out here, Kobe Bryant. Right? The, you know, I hate to speak yeah. ill of the dead, but you know that what happened that in Denver bad. sullied his reputation, and they had to earn it back. And Deshaun Watson, if these things happened, and again, sixteen times, sixteen. You know, you, you think something happened. You got some explaining to do, and you got some. You have some earning to do. So, while 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 Roger while while Roger Goodell is not coming out and really talking about the Sean Watson situation, they did release a statement about the draft, which is going to be in Cleveland this year. Uh, how do you feel about them having the draft in Cleveland? And then do you think it's too early with the whole COVID situation? I'm fine with the choice of Cleveland. You have multiple locations within the city that you can do each, you know, do a day there, do a couple rounds there. Um, They did put a caveat in that I'm fine with that the people who are being invited there need to be vaccinated. So you do... I mean, that's good PR on the NFL's part as well, since you're promoting, you know, vaccination. But, um, you know, you should still they should still be maintaining the social socially distant uh, protocols. They should still be mandating masks. So I'm sure as long as they abide by that. I'm fine with it. It's a fine choice for it's definitely a fine choice for a city that you can uh, run the draft in. Yeah, I mean, I I like the city of Cleveland. I think it's a great place to hold the draft. They certainly would be welcoming of the PR and the business that the draft would bring. But to me, this is a little too soon. Um, while the COVID threat is down, as we can see with the NCAA tournament, people are still getting sick and we're as a country, we're all still working to get vaccinated. I just don't think it's the time to do this. Um, plus I enjoyed last year's draft, the virtual draft. I liked looking into players' homes, including Roger Goodell, who apparently lives in Bronxville. I got to see his basement. That was kind of cool. Um, but see, the NFL seems to keep pushing the threshold on this. Like, you know, they were, they were the, in, during these unprecedented times, they were the first to, let fans into the seats for football. They had over 30,000 people at the Super Bowl this year. I, I'm just not a fan. I'm not a fan of even moving the draft to different locations. I don't understand what, what's the hoop-de-doo about having it in Dallas and having it in Nashville and having it in uh, Pennsylvania. Like, what can we just go back to having it in one place? Call me a traditionalist, but I kind of—it's not just because I live in New York. Just having a Radio City, I, I always thought that was like the best setup. And if you can make, you want to make it fun, 
You want to change it around every year? How about you give it to the t- the city who had the lowest attendance? Then it would be in Jacksonville. Year. So maybe year. they can they can get some attendance. That'd be fun. It would be fun. They had a Super Bowl in True. Jacksonville. Um, or or have it maybe in the in the, the the city of the team that won the Super Bowl, or the city of the team that lost the Super Bowl. Like, I I feel like they're just picking these things that have a hat at this point. It's just like, are you trying to touch them all? I mean, how how's this supposed to work? But I do I do like I've been to Cleveland. Uh, it's a it's a great city. There there's a casino that's really not that far away from the the, the stadium. So I'm sure people will be benefiting from that. Uh, the the Indians don't play far from where the Browns are either. Uh, it's all it's all right downtown, and uh, it, it it should be good. To me, it reeks of shiny toy syndrome, where you're looking at the shiny new thing, and the Browns are finally good. The Browns are finally relevant, so we want to capitalize on this while we can. So I get that, and you know you're, you're not going to see a draft in Detroit anytime soon. I mean, <laughs> no offense to our listeners in Detroit. But they ain't going to Detroit. Sorry, guys. They're not going to Minnesota. They're not going to Green Bay. They're just not going to these markets, and which makes no sense because Green Bay is one of the still one of the perennial contenders. For you know, it, it is a little bit of a traveling circus. But um, you know, like I see what they're going for with the with Dallas and all that stuff. They're just trying to la- latch on to relevant and. Relevant and exciting, teams. but the, now right. to, to go back to Europe, yeah. with the lowest attendance that would be that could be problematic sometimes. Because I mean, granted, we're not doing it now because of COVID, but Jacksonville also split half their season in London. So the London, if the London games return, are you suddenly doing half the draft in London and half the draft in Jacksonville? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, being, I'm silly. being silly, but logistically, <laughs> it's true. Because it's just like, okay, Jacksonville is just like, eh. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's a TV show. So you can kind of do them from wherever. Roger Goodell did it from his basement. It's fine. <laughs> I'm I'm so glad those foreign games are over. They're not going to be back for a while. There's no way they're sending players overseas for a while. But, uh, I mean, the, the deal is, is, I get it's a TV show, and the whole point of it is to generate yeah. revenue. Like, let's not be – that's why Jerry got it. You know, that's why these different cities are getting it. But you're not going to be able to max to maximize your revenue this year in Cleveland. But how about if you did it next year in Cleveland when the whole country is vaccinated and everybody feels comfortable going everywhere, they don't have to wear masks. Like – I guess my whole thing is like Cleveland's getting a little bit shafted in this situation, right? Because they're not going to be able to fully get what what Tennessee got and what Philadelphia got and what Dallas got. Like they're not going to get it. They're going to get traffic. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but you're not going to get it to the fullest extent that other cities got. So why not just do one more year? Maybe just do it in New York City like you always did, or Go the safe route and do virtual. But that first year, like who's going to have it next year? Because next year is going to be the money year because everybody's going to be healthy, God willing, and everyone's going to be itching to go back to the spectacle again. And I guarantee, watch, it's going to be like, at, it's going to be in LA. It'll be at the Rams' place. You watch took the that words happen. right out of it's my a- mouth. It's a brand new stadium in a, in a warm it. environment. 
where you can spread out. It's either them. Well, they would, there's only one other option. And I mean, Al Davis is dead, so they can do it. Vegas, baby. Oh, yeah. Vegas. Oh, yeah. Well, that's where it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be Vegas last year. Yeah. So they definitely can do it. Last year it was supposed to be in Vegas. So they're probably going to go. That's probably where they're going to go. They're going to go back to Vegas next year to give them what they should have got. That's probably and, what's you know, that's a okay. That's fair. No fans have christened that stadium yet. So you know what? Give them a show. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air care technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. time for the mail route on the fade route if you want to join us email fade route mail at gmail.com questions comments picks you name it fade route mail at gmail.com it is time guys for the latest and greatest edition of the mail route you send in your questions and we'll do our best to answer them at least we'll try not to fuck them up our first Email comes from Randolph in Brooklyn, who just celebrated a birthday. Happy birthday, Randolph. Yo, bros, the Washington football team might be sticking with the name. Is this a good idea or is it gutless bullshit? Okay. <laughs> I, think it, I, think, I think that's a good name of the team, the Washington Gutless. I think it's gutless. I mean – this all comes out as Daniel Snyder is attempting to buy controlling interest of the team, the 40, 45%. Uh, I know you like the name, the Red Tails, but how about the Washington Pigeons or the, or the Washington Polar Bears? How about the Washington Penguins? Almost like the Pittsburgh <laughs> Penguins. No, no, seriously. I, I do like the, I do like the Washington Monuments. I know that was a, a team before, I, I told you I like the Washington yeah. Larks. Why yeah. not? It's a bird. Or the Washington Destroyers. That's cool. Killing things, destroying stuff. I think it's a gutless move you to stick with the Washington football team. And some their press released that a lot of their fans like it. I don't know any fan that likes it. So, uh, and I don't think it's going to – I don't think that's going to The Washington football team isn't terrible. Just because at this point I'm so used to hearing soccer names – and it sounds like a soccer team. So that, but that's the problem. You're, you know, because there would be the Washington American football team. You're the waft. Like, that's just not, not I'm just going to get a waft of how bad this team is. But, you know, it, it's what worries me more is that Dan Snyder is going to take over this team and try and reinstitute the Redskins just because he was so, oh. he was so entrenched. And he dug in so much with the Redskins and their tradition and their history to the point where he had to capitulate because he was going to lose, he was going to lose sponsors. So 
The thing is, he owns That's 100% right. of the team. He's going to own the majority. So it's going to be like, it's the Redskins. What the fuck do I care? I own the whole thing. <laughs> Ta- Sue yeah, me. Exactly. Donald Sterling me. Buy me out. Wow. I didn't think about that. I you might not. be right. He might do that would be something else if he did that. Paul with the goal on that man. man. That would as far as alternate names that I like, like we were going over it, like I would I kept going to fighter jets, you know? I kept going to the Wildcats or the Tomcats or something like that. The Condors. Like you I mean you have like you have a connotation with Washington, with the military, with toughness. And it definitely resonates a little bit. The airmen. The airmen. The, airmen, the red tails. Cool. I mean, granted, the red tails is, I mean, it's a fox, but a red tail is also a plane. So, like, you can, in, you, I mean, if it doesn't step on the jets kind of a little bit. I mean, if, if you go specifically to a specific type of fighter jet, I think that would be a really cool name. And it gives you that kind of edge that you want that the the Washington football team doesn't. It just seems very plain and sanitary. But God help us. I got that inkling in the back of my mind when I read that story. I think that's, uh, I think that's how he made his money, too. I think he had, like, a private jet company. I think that's how he wound up um, really expanding his empire. That makes sense. Wow. I mean, to the point where if he can own solely own a football team, the dude's got coin. So we're going to see where this goes. I just hope. It, I didn't put something bad out there. Question number two from Celine in West Virginia. New to the show. Welcome, Celine. Guys, the trade deadline is tomorrow for the NBA. What's the bigger loss to their team, LeBron or LaMelo? And how will the teams fix it? It's a fair question. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people talking about Kyle Lowry right now. Um, They're saying that the Clippers are trying to get him. The Heat are trying to get him. Lakers are interested. Uh, I I don't – I think LaMelo's loss to his team is a bigger loss than LeBron because he made – LaMelo made the Hornets relevant. Um, He he elevated the play of Gordon Hayward – it's it's argue, you can argue that Lamelo was probably going to win the Rookie of the Year if he stayed on his course, um, and they were hovering around 500. The Lakers are going to make the playoffs with or without LeBron and Anthony Davis. I mean, they'd have to lose tremendous amounts of games to not make the playoffs. But you had a Charlotte team that was that was really relevant. I don't think Charlotte's going to make a move to make their team better. Because, you know, they're they're kind of going towards the future. So they might actually benefit from losing LaMelo for the rest of the year and then getting that a better sense. For me, it's a bigger loss that LeBron James is out because Anthony Davis was already And considering the fact that Anthony Davis has a knee and an Achilles, that compounds the fact that you don't know when he's coming back. Couple that with the high ankle sprain injury, very tough area to rehab. It's going to take him a while. They're 0-3 without LeBron and, and Anthony Davis. So they definitely need some help. Now, they are also strapped to the point where they can't really trade anything. They don't have any, they don't have great assets that they can trade. 
and they don't have much in the way of cap flexibility. So they're probably going to wait for some buyout situations and pick up a guy like an Andre Drummond on a veteran's exception or, you know, maybe that, I mean, I doubt DeMar DeRozan is going to get bought out. I mean, I've heard. He's 35 years old. He's not. But I know the rumors are circling that they were, that the, the Spurs are shopping DeRozan, but if they do buy him out good for a couple of weeks, maybe I can see them taking a flyer on him the way the Nets took a flyer on Blake Griffin. So that's the thing. If the Lakers want to contend, they are going to have to do something to stay afloat until LeBron gets back because there's really not much wiggle room in the Western Conference. They can drop the seven. They're in there are four right now, and they definitely can drop pretty quickly, especially if they continue on the downward trend they're already on. And that becomes a problem. The problem is, yeah. The problem is they don't have anybody to score. Like they have no scorers. There's nobody on, like you need to average over 110 points per game. Who's scoring all those points? Like Kuzma can't, Schroeder can't. They don't have a guy that can score that Marquis no. Morris can't. They don't have anybody that can score. Their best bet is to try to, you know, play defense and try to keep people under 90, try to keep people under 100. That's going to be the way they got to go, unfortunately. That's going to be the, and Schroeder's Schroeder's hurt too, but all right, I'll read the I'll read the next one. Uh, this comes from Michael in Westport. Giants picked up a Dory Jackson a few days ago. How do you like the players and all the moves they have done so far? Nice, Michael. Really nice. Uh, I'll see this to you. I know you're the big Giants. Dory Jackson improves that secondary, where you have. Peppers and Logan Ryan and James Bradbury. That is a very good secondary. You added Kyle Rudolph to this team. You can either run a two tight end set or you can push Evan Ingram out to be a complimentary wide out. That way you can have Sterling Shepard run over the middle. I like that. Kenny Galladay. That's all I got to say. They finally have an impact wide receiver. Daniel Jones has no excuse this year. He absolutely has no excuse. As far as the Devontae Booker signing, I'm like, it's fine. He's going to be a backup running back, hopefully, unless Saquon Barkley just gets hurt again or shits the bed. So I like what they're doing. I like how they're spreading out their their cap. I didn't like the fact that they lost Kevin Zeitler, but you can always draft another interior lineman. I think they're going to be okay. So they're doing enough that I really think that they're going to exceed expectations next year. Whereas last year they completely overachieved. Now they're going to exceed even more. I see if not eight and eight, maybe a playoff, maybe I'm being a little bullish right now, but I definitely like the moves. Oh, I see. You're worried because Flacco got picked up uh, by the Eagles. You're worried oh, about that, I guess. Oh, <laughs> I'm worried about him throwing to those uh, cause, those high school wide receivers. Mr. Mister Tri-State Area, Joe Flacco. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I like I like the moves they've made so far, too. I think, I think they're shaping up to put a really nice team on the field this year. I actually think the Dory Jackson was the best signing, in my opinion, this offseason for them. Because, like you said, you're getting to uh, – 
put them together with Logan Ryan, uh, Bradbury, Peppers. Yeah. Don't forget about Peppers. Like this is this is a solid defense. They they re-signed Leonard Williams. This is a solid defense they're putting together, and I'm I'm excited to see what Galladay brings to the team. He says he's excited. He says he wants to play with Daniel Jones, and he wants to be with this team for the long haul. And not only is it no excuses for Daniel Jones, but Daniel Jones, I am drafting you this year in fantasy now. It is confirmed. You better show up because I'm taking you in the late rounds. There's no reason. There's no reason why you can't throw for 30 touchdowns and less than 10 interceptions. I mean, I I can think of a couple reasons, and it's the five fingers on his right hand. Dude can't hold on to fucking football. He needs to figure that out. So, like, if he... If he figures out how to secure the football, Giants have a stud. That's the that's the frustrating part about Daniel Jones is that the talent is there. You see it. We like him play. He just can't hold on to the football. But if they can coach it out of Tiki Barber, they can coach it out of him. He just he has to be willing to accept it. And I think if you could dodge if you could dodge a wrench, you dodge a ball. Absolutely. <laughs> Duck, duck, dick, dodge, what? Huh? I don't know. It's uh, something and dodge at the end. Rip Torm is the man. If you guys have any questions and you want to submit them to the show, hit us up fade route mail at gmail.com. Hit us up on IG at fade route podcast. We're on Twitter as well at fade route DNZ. If it is good enough, it will be on the show. That's kind of a promise. Kind of. I'm getting hungry over here. Should have cooked up some dinner. And if you're looking for a new cooking show to binge, check out As You Eat It on YouTube, hosted by me, Chef Z. I invite you into my home and show you what and how I cook when I'm off the clock as a chef instructor. You're going to learn fun recipes and creative methods to empower and inspire you in the kitchen and take it to the next level. Cook how you want to cook. Eat how you want to eat. Eat as you eat it. That's As You Eat It, available only on YouTube. AZ, you eat it. Check it out, and let's get cooking. Order up! All right, boys and girls, it is that time. We are ordering up. The American League East. We are saving the strongest two for last. From five to one. Who you got, D? All right. Well, I think we are we have a consensus on this one. Number five for me is the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, they're still rebuilding and retooling, which is okay. Uh, a once depleted farm system is now boasting five top hundred prospects. Uh, but they don't have any major league caliber, caliber players on their team besides Trey Mancini, in my opinion. Somewhere Chris Davis is striking out right now, and somewhere Felix Hernandez is wondering, how did I get to Baltimore? Um, so you, don't, you didn't like so that hard I have them. I, <laughs> I didn't even see that one. Jesus. Um, so I'm I'm gonna put Baltimore at number five. Number four, I put the Red Sox. Um, I heard the Dodger fans bought a billboard outside of Fenway Park thanking the Red Sox for Mookie Betts. I think that's hilarious if that's true. Um, they lost Benintendi. 
they lost Bradley. Now it's, you know, the, old, the killer bees are all gone. Pedroia finally retired. Chris Sale is missing most of the season due to injury. It's really going to be Devers, Martinez, and Bogarts to try to carry the team. I mean, could they contend? If they're healthy, they might be able to. But uh, I just think the teams ahead of them are too good. Um, now I'm going to surprise the shit out of you with all these. All right. So my number three, Ooh. I have the New York Yankees. Uh, I just don't think they got better. And it's not because I hate the Yankees. It's just because I just really don't think this team is better than last year's team. It's the same team. The seat, the you know their their season is going to depend on whether Aaron Judge and Jaron Carl Stanton are healthy. Taking into consideration they haven't done that the last three years, I can't see them doing it this year. I feel like Cole, uh, Garrett Cole is is just waiting to to fall off the edge. He hasn't had a bad season as a pro. It's coming, dude. Uh, Kluber's coming off injury. We don't know what that's going to look like. He got rocked in spring training a couple of days ago. Italians coming off of it, a serious injury and Domingo Harmon hasn't pitched in, in God knows how long. So I, you know, do, do they have great players? They do. Could I be completely wrong? I could be. I just don't see how they got better this year. And a role Chapman, their closer is missing 30 games. So I guess Britain's going to be close. No, I them. gave you that report uh, from a couple of years ago. Chapman's there. He's just not doing anything. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So, oh, I, I thought no, I, I said he got suspended, suspended years ago for the domestic um, violence issue with the gun because we were talking about Deshaun Watson too. Ah, uh, so, so I don't know why. I, okay, I don't know why because he's not any good, man. He hangs uh, sliders. He hangs <laughs> fucking sliders. Uh, all right. So at number two, I have the Tampa Bay Rays. Um. I think Meadows collapsed at the end of last year, so I'm kind of done with him. I'm not expecting much from him. Rosarena broke out last year, but I think people are going to have a plan for him. Choi is starting the season hurt, but but then they have a list of solid players, right? Like Kiermaier, Adamas, Lowe, uh, Yendry, Diaz. These are all solid. Margot, these are all solid players that are going to be there every day. They're going to do what they got to do. And they're going to win baseball games. And their pitching depth is fucking scary. Like, Glassow, Yarborough, Archer, Waka. I know you don't <laughs> like Waka, but Waka, Hill. And then, and then in, the, in the pen, they got Anderson, Castillo, Fairbanks. I think they're going to fall off a little bit from last year, but they're going to be right there. And then number one, <laughs> I got the Toronto Blue Jays. I think they're ready to go for it, man. Kevin Biggio, Vlad Guerrero Jr., my pick for home run king and MVP, Bo Bichette. They signed Marcus Simeon and George Springer. I know George Springer's hurt, but he's always hurt. He'll come back. He'll be okay. They should be – they're going to score runs. I mean, I'm a little nervous about their pitching and their bullpen. It's not much there, but I think they're just going to – they're going to bash the – they're going to bash the baseball. Ryu's going to be their, their ace, and he's just going to keep it together. I know they lost their closer, but someone's going to pick it up. I think it's it, – Jays are bust, man. That's, that's very interesting. Got. Very interesting. I mean, we agree with the Baltimore Orioles. I mean, I just feel so bad. The whole world, the whole world agrees. They got, with the Baltimore I mean, they Orioles. got owned by the league. They were, they did the projections for a World Series championship. The Baltimore Orioles were given 0.0. Nobody was given 0.0 except for the Baltimore Orioles. 
And I mean, you have a couple of, you have a couple guys on that team. Like you said, you have Mancini, Santander is pretty good. Freddie Galvis used to be good. John Means, John Means isn't terrible. He's not an ace, but I mean, he's, he's not a terrible pitcher. He just has to be an ace because he's the best pitcher on a shit team. So I feel bad for that guy. So, I mean, I, I also feel, I feel bad for my cousin Tom. Guy. He's a diehard Baltimore Orioles fan. They live down in Maryland. They got to watch this shit. And they refuse to go be national fans. Like, sorry, cousin Tom, I'm sorry, man. You got to change teams. But it's in your blood. I get it. Number four, the Boston Red Sox. We are in agreement. I am not in love with the rotation. I mean, the bats will play. Kike Hernandez, Verdugo, Martinez, Devers, Bogarts. Like, you got to play Bobby Dahlbeck if he can actually be the guy that they think he's going to be. He's going to be the breakout player. And then you have Hunter Renfro, who's not bad either, but Sale's not there. He might have another nipple infection. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez is your ace. Like, no, he's not. I'm sorry. Eduardo Rodriguez is best at number three. Nathan Evaldi, eh, if he's healthy, okay, but... You know, how many teams have relied on Nathan Avaldi in the past and have been disappointed? <laughs> uh, Martin Perez, solid, unspectacular. Garrett Richards, eh. Your closer is Matt Barnes. Like, the, or, your closer <laughs> is Matt Barnes. Are you kidding me? Number three. I want that on my tombstone. <laughs> unspectacular. Solid. Not even solid, just unspectacular. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll take the solid too. So just say Damian Carver, my years that I lived, and just say solid, but Hopefully Jen is listening to this right now and Perfect. she's taking notes. At this point, That's we're great. at three through one. All of these rotations are eh. They don't do anything for me. So I'm looking at lineups. Number three, I'm taking the raids. I mean, I expect a major step back from last year. I mean, everybody played over their heads. Everybody pitched over their heads. And say what you will about the Yankees not getting better. They kind of treaded water. So I don't think the Rays are going to be as good to where, you know, they can survive that. Number two, I mean, it boils down to health for me. I'm going to take... I'm going to put the Yankees in second just because I don't trust Aaron Judge. I don't trust Aaron Hicks. I don't trust Giancarlo Stanton. Gary Sanchez is a waste. How many times have we said that on this show? I mean, Clint Frazier, can he handle the everyday left field job or is Brett Gardner going to take it from him? Like a fucking Brett Gardner still back in this fucking league. And then your rotation. Tyone hasn't pitched in two years. Kluber, he was great when he was healthy, but he's, Still not healthy. He's coming back from an injury. So that's going to be Garrett Cole, and you have two giant holes. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, David Garcia, Clark Schmidt, who, who, uh, Johnny Lasagna. That's right, Johnny Lasagna is on this team. So, is I mean, who's stepping up? And then I've already said my piece on a roll this Chapman. If he hangs one more fucking slider, I swear to God, the Yankee fans are going to revolt. And, and that puts a lot of pressure on Aaron Boone. And we saw what happens to Aaron Boone when he deals with pressure. He makes stupid-ass decisions. That leaves you with number one, the Dunedin slash Buffalo slash Toronto Blue Jays. So I'm not in love with the rotation. Granted, you have Hunjin Ryu. Okay, 
Ryu was what a two or a three in LA. He's all right. Uh, if Pearson is healthy, kids got electric stuff. And then you got your Robbie Rays and your Steven Matzes and your Tanner Roarks. You have from right from three to five, you have three number five starters. So at any given time, your bullpen's going to be taxed because these guys are going to get lit the fuck up, as particularly Steven Matz. Yeah, you heard it. I'm not a fan. Never have been. Never will be. Sorry, Steven. Fight. Yeah. Fight me. Exactly. Fight and me. now you have Kirby Yates out. <laughs> Who's closing your games? So that means you're going to have to score. You're going to have to score a lot. And this lineup plays. You already – I don't have to give you – you don't, I don't have to keep going with the names that you already mentioned. Teoscar Hernandez, you didn't mention him. He's a – he's got sleeper potential to be a stud. Guriel. Like you, they got bats, man. And in this division, you might be able to survive with bats alone. What do you think? Do you have a top five of your own? Do you like ours? Email us, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Tell us what we did right. Tell us where we messed up. Hit us up on the IG as well, Fade Route Podcast, and let us know what you think. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You can catch our podcast every Wednesday nights on the Anchor, Spotify, or other uh, outlets where you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, stay faded, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.